Now I will ask John to come up and give the reading. Yeah, our reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10, reading from the English Standard Version, which um, we don't usually use here, but it's a good version, I like it. So let's read from verse, verse 7 of chapter 12. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. May the Lord bless his word to us. I will ask O'Brien to come up and give God's word to us this morning. All right. Good morning, everyone. Morning. How are you? Good? Good? Yes, you, you all look good. You all look lovely. And indeed, it's a blessing to be here with you at Oak Ridge again. Um, I've always said to my wife that whenever I, I'm here, I feel at home. I feel the spirit of the Lord here and um, I'm happy she's accompanied me, accompanied me today and my beautiful daughter Honora. Um, the last time they were here Honora was in the tummy. And that was almost 10 months ago. So I'm happy that they're here with me. Um, again it's uh, indeed a privilege to, to share with uh, you from uh, the Word of God, and I, I do thank you for um, repeatedly inviting me to share with you uh, from the Word of God. This morning, I am a bit under the weather. I'm not sure if you can tell from my voice, but I do have a sore throat. But God's grace is sufficient. Amen? Amen. Amen. This passage of Scripture, friends, is one that really stands out to me. Um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Thank you, John, for that lovely reading. Um, not too long ago, my wife and I, we went through, you know, some hard times. And this was the passage of scripture that God led us to. And I remember how revived and how re refreshed we, we felt we were after reading uh, this passage of scripture. And I just thought, Today, I'm going to share from this passage of scripture because I know that others too are going through hard times or having some thorns in the flesh that they have to deal with. Before we go into scripture, just bore your heads with me and let us look to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God and our Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you, God, that you love us. We thank you that you've sent your only Son, beloved, to die on a cross for our sins. I pray, God Almighty, that as you'd have me 
to share this morning, Lord, that you'll speak through me. O oh God, may I be hidden behind the cross and you alone be seen, you alone be glorified. We praise your holy name. Use me now, Lord. May your people's heart, O oh God, be receptive to your word. I pray, O oh God, for a revival in England, in I Wickham, O oh God Almighty, that people may see the true and living God, that people may see you, Lord, for who you are, for what you've done for us. We say thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the title of the message today, friends, is God's Grace. God's Grace. And after I sent the title to, to Josie, I just thought I'd add another word to that title. God's Great Grace. Because indeed, God's grace is great. It is great, friends. Growing up in church in Jamaica, I was a part of a club called Awana. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. Awana means approved workmen are not ashamed. And of course, it's taken from the verse in the book of Romans where it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Friends, this was a club for children, and I joined this club when I was about 11 years of age. And this is where I learned first the meaning of the word grace. This club, friends, was a a club dedicated to reaching children and young people for the cause of Christ. And indeed, many children who are now my age and older have been serving, have gotten saved from this ministry. The definition that I learned for grace in this club, friends, is a gift we don't deserve. A gift we don't deserve or unmerited favor. You see, God's grace is something that we don't deserve. We don't deserve, but still it is given to us. This is to say, friends, that God has given us something that we had no right to get. It is much akin to getting a gold medal for a 100 meter race that you didn't run simply because the officials are in love with you. That is exactly what God has given us. A gift Unmerited favor. Something we don't deserve. Grace is not something, friends, that we can earn or borrow or credit. It is something given to us freely. You see, God being gracious means that he is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. He's infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. And who are the guilty friends? My friends, it is all of us. We who have lied, have hated, have stolen, have lusted, spat in his face. It is we who have turned to idolatry and turned our backs on him. We who catered selfishly for ourselves, for getting those in need, all of us are guilty. But oh, blessed be the name of the Lord who saw it fit to put on flesh and die on a cross for our sins. 
Imagine friends being in a court for speeding. You're before the judge. And the judge says, Madam or Mister, you're going to prison for six months if you don't pay a thousand dollars fine or a thousand pounds here in England. A thousand pound fine. And imagine being in that courtroom and someone at the back stands and says, Hey, Your Honor, don't send him to court. I'll pay. Friends, you can get to go freely. You can walk out of that courtroom a free man. That is exactly what Christ did for us. We were about to be punished for our sins. And he stood and said, hey, your honor, I'll pay. I'll pay. And indeed, he died on that cross for our sins. Amen. 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 You would have done nothing, friends, to deserve this action from this person in court. But still you are free. This is like the grace shown to us by God Almighty. And even in our hardest moments, God is still with us. I know sometimes it doesn't seem that way. Sometimes life gets so hard and it it beats us down. And we feel as if we're alone. And sometimes we want to shout at God and get angry at God. But his word says over and over and over again that he will never leave us. He will never leave us. The Apostle Paul, friends, in this chapter is going through tough times, hard times. And if you study the life of the Apostle Paul, it would seem that from the moment he entered or he encountered Christ on the road to Damascus, he would have gone through difficult times. He would have been shipwrecked. He would have been naked. He would have been hungry. He would have been in prison. But God was with him. Verses 1 to 6, friends, explains uh, Paul's or tells Paul's experience of being caught up in, in glory. He was, he was, he was experiencing something or he had experienced something that he didn't see it fit to utter. On earth. And then in verse 7, friends, he begins to tell us of a burden he is bearing or he had bared for having this experience. A burden that he says kept him humble. Sometimes we do not understand why God allows us to go through our hardship. But my friends, it is to give him glory. It is all that through that he should be praised. So let's look at verse 7. He says, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of my revelation, a thorn was given me in my flesh. There are times, friends, that we face hardships. And we ask God, why? Why me, Lord? (laughs) A preacher once said, why not you? (laughs) But we often ask this question when we struggle. Why me, Lord? Not understanding that it's sometimes that the Lord, it it is sometimes that the Lord be glorified in our lives. While Paul did not explicitly say, friends, what this thorn in the flesh was, 
Some theologians believe it to be some kind of illness or temptation. Some say maybe malaria. But it's very obvious that whatever it is or whatever it was, Paul was suffering. He was suffering and his suffering friends kept him humble. And through it all, he maintained a healthy relationship with God. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm going through difficult times, I tend to pray more. Is that just me? (laughs) I tend to seek God's face more when the difficult times come. And sometimes God allows us to go through these times just to hear from us. <laughs> He's like, where have you been? I've, been? I've been longing to hear from you. What are our reaction, friends, towards God in our suffering? Do we throw our fist to the sky and shake it at God? <laughs> Do we abandon Him and become atheists? Or do we humble ourselves like the Apostle Paul, understanding, as he says in Romans, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Two weeks ago, I, I was in the changing room with a co-worker, and we, we started talking, you know. And he started to share his life with me just out of nothing. Um... He had a tattoo on his shoulder of twins, babies. And he, just out of nowhere, just started to tell me his life story. His, and it's indeed a sad story. Because he and his wife have been trying for years to have a child. And every time they tried, that baby would not have made it and when he was telling me this I I just bowed my head and I said to to God in in my heart what should I say to him and this was the passage of scripture that came back to me sometimes we don't know why God allows us to go through what we go through but I can assure you friends that it is for the best it is for the best. I shared this life story with him. At the age of 15, my mother got pregnant with me. And at the age of 17, I, I decided to go on to Bible college and study theology. I remember being on the veranda with my mom when I told her of this decision. And then she said to me, when you were born, I prayed to God that he would take your life if you didn't serve him when you grew up. 17 years later, she told me this. And I thought, wow. And then she told me everything that would have happened to her, being shunned even by the church, even by folks in the church. She said, they didn't want you to be dedicated in the church because your, your father and I weren't married. And today she serves in that church. <laughs> God would have given her grace. You see, friends, some people would have turned their backs on God. 
Some people would have turned their backs on the church. But praise God Almighty, I'm here as living proof that God answers prayer. As proof that God gives grace. I don't know what you're going through or what your family members are going through. But I can assure you that God's grace is sufficient. Do you remember the story of Joseph, friends? Joseph would have been sold into slavery by his brothers. And after being in slavery, he was a servant in the house of Potiphar. And when he was then accused of rape and thrown into prison, the Bible says that the Lord was with him throughout his hardship, throughout his struggle, in prison, in, 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 in Potiphar's house, accused of rape. The Bible said the Lord was with him. Just think about it and put yourself in Joseph's position for a minute. You're innocent. Wouldn't you wonder what is going on? What is happening? In Jamaica, we'd say, God, where are you there? In other words, God, where are you? <laughs> but over and over in scripture, the Bible says that God was with him. Whatever suffering you're going through, whatever hardship, friends, God is with you. And he says he'll never leave you or nor forsake you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Up to the time Joseph became a leader in Egypt, God was with him. I'm here, friends, today to tell you that God is with you through your thorn, through your hardship. Verse 7 again says, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. He was even oppressed by a devil. <laughs> and so while a, a demon cannot possess a believer, because we're already possessed by the Holy Spirit, a demon can oppress and tempt a believer, and this is this was ha what was happening to Paul. A similar thing happened to Job. He was touched by the devil, and he had sores all over his body. But verse eight says, "Friends, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it sh that it should leave me." So he went before God three times. He says, and God said no <laughs> one preacher says when we go to God he often gives us one of three answers yes no or wait <laughs> and in this case it was a no for Paul it was a no because in his weakness God was glorified and sometimes friends we want to live so comfortably that we don't even care about the glory of God anymore. And this was the answer the Lord gave him. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. What are you going through now? That's causing you to doubt. 
causing you to ponder and it's causing you to wonder <laughs> I say to you friends as God said to the Apostle Paul his grace is sufficient for you and for me it is sufficient so back to the story of my co-worker so after sharing this story with me he said that is why I no longer believe in God because my wife and I cannot have a baby and after sharing my story with him friends I could see that he was very receptive to what was said and he shook my hand and he said I appreciate it pray for him his name is Kyle God's grace is sufficient friends God's grace is sufficient my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me Paul is saying I will boast I will rejoice in this suffering, in this, this thorn that's happening, this thorn in my flesh, I will praise the Lord. You remember the story of King uh, Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles? There were armies coming towards King Jehoshaphat. And, 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 and someone told him that, hey king, the armies of the Moabites and, and, and the, the, the Ammonites, they're coming towards us. And the Bible says that King Jehoshaphat fasted and he prayed he went to the Lord in his time of need in his time of trouble he praised God in his time of, of trouble we often tend to go to others before we go to God we often tend to tell the neighbor or a friend or the doctor our problems before we tell God we should go to God first, friends, because He understands better than anyone. And whatever He allows us to go through, His grace is sufficient. Paul says He's boasting all the more gladly in His weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon Him. Is it our desire to be used by God? That his power rest upon us. That, that, that he be seen through us. And verse 10 he says, For the sake of Christ then I am content. I am happy with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is a precious passage of scripture, friends. And I hope, I hope it brings something to us. I hope it says something to us about how we should conduct ourselves in our struggle. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. For his grace is sufficient.